Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 307. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. Adrian Petty's here. Hi. Matt Lawrence. Yo. And Tim Spence. Hi. Did anything happen in the news this week? Anyone see anything? Uh, no, nothing too big. No, no I don't but, think there's uh, anything, actually. I don't even know why we're doing an episode this week. Yeah. But, uh, Ryan, if it's okay with you, I'd, I'd like to bring back a small old tradition. Yeah. Of Late Show Fun Facts. Do you have one? I have two of them that I want to read. All right, let's, let's give them a go. Um, Nothing else to do in the podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> Due to cost-cutting measures, Silly Putty is 23% less silly than it used to be. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, where's the other one? I would argue oh. that that fact is actually very silly. <laughs> and then, I like this one too. Not until the year 2027 will North Americans witness a total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> I read those through the other day. They, they made me laugh. I'm sure Matt enjoyed those. Yeah, hell uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's so excited, his see, mic see broke. Speechless. I'm, he I'm here, but I'm oh, just shaking okay. my head. Oh. <laughs> It's an audio format, man. You can't <laughs> fucking hear a, sh- a head shake. He heads his, he shakes his head. He heads his shakes. He heads his shakes. He heads yeah. his shakes. All right, some of the news today, uh, obviously the big news was that Microsoft bought Bethesda, or more accurately, their parent company, ZeniMax. That is brand new news to me. What the hell? <laughs> uh, Microsoft's Xbox Series X, one terabyte expandable storage. Uh, we learned the price of that, and it was pretty crazy. Can almost buy an Xbox for that much money. Yeah, uh, Microsoft's new Xbox app will let you stream Xbox One games to your iPhone. Uh, this is different from XCloud. And then we also have um, launch games confirmed titles for both the Xbox Series X S and uh, PS Five. So we'll get in- into that because um, it took us a long time to kind of figure out what games were actually being released on launch. So we've got some of those for you. Uh, update on Spider Man. Um, the PS5 remaster. And then also Amazon is getting into the streaming games um, with their new cloud streaming service called the Luna. And I just noticed on the bottom of this thing, I don't know if you guys are looking at this, I, I put in an article that I later took, took out, but it's still there. Oops. I, I didn't I didn't like the Verge one you gave me there, uh, Adriano. Uh, sorry, you did the... Although I think IG- it was from Matt. What? What's going on here? The the Amazon one was from Matt posted not, not, it. No, not, not the Amazon one. The um, the one about uh, the Xbox app on your iPhone. Oh yeah, that was from Matt. But and then I took that yeah. and put it into the uh, show, the articles. It was more of like an opinion piece, though, and so I had to find one that was just the news. Okay. There goes Ryan. Anyway, uh, Backup post. Here we go. <laughs> Um, who wants to start? Me. All right, I'll I'll start with what's new. Um, nothing really. You guys can probably guess to what I play every day. There's um, there's this there's this new card game out, Adrian. I think you might be interested in. Actually, it's called um Hearthstone. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it uh, related to World of Warcraft in any way? Only entirely. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give it a go. It uh. <laughs> I'm sure it won't consume my entire life, but hey. Um, other than that, you know, basic bullshit. Gran Turismo, Overwatch, played a little bit more of um, Quantum Break, not as much this week as I wanted to. 
I've had a busy work week, and I think I will be working all weekend, so that should be fun. And then I'll go back to a full work week again. So, somebody else go. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you want, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Matt, go. Somebody. I was just going to say, I'm looking at this this right up we got with the microsoft article and it's got tango gameworks and alpha dog right next to each other and i just keep reading it as alpha tango nice and i nice. can't unsee it nice um yeah today, this week's been pretty good pretty good uh for me as well i started playing this new game that entered early access i guess it was like last week and i didn't it didn't pop up on my radar until like a couple of days ago but it's called medieval dynasty and it's made by a German company that apparently has a long-running series of games called, like, the Dynasty series of games. They also made um, Lumberjack Dynasty, the critically acclaimed, <laughs> which is basically, like, literally these games are about, like, creating your own dynasty slash, you know, lifestyle slash company slash whatever. It's, like, it's kind of the similar kind of thing as, like, the the simulator games. Like farming simulator and you know everything else where you like you start from nothing and you build your way up, um, but there's more of an emphasis on like sim like um, like interpersonal simulation. It's weird. So like the point of this game is you start out as like a person who's fleeing their home because of a war, and they head like to the north where there's this valley that they their uncle used to like live it and they they thrived they had a successful business and blah 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 so you get there and you find out your uncle died but the towns are still there and you have like a bit of a reputation to live up to so they're like here you go take this hammer and you can go find somewhere that you want to build and you can start your own thing there and the point of the game is to basically like first off like to get your footing and then eventually work your way up to building other buildings and like going to other towns and recruiting people to work as like workers in your community and then like chat with like the ladies in the towns as well and like flirt with them and try to try to to court one to be your wife and then create like an heir to continue on your dynasty um uh it sounds kind of like eh from like just describing it but playing the game it's actually because i'm a big fan of like medieval simulation type games which is pretty niche but um another game that's that it reminds me of is kingdom come deliverance which is not that popular a game but it did actually sell pretty well um considering it's a game where like you people kind of went into it expecting it to be skyrim i think and it's really not that it's more about like you being a peasant who doesn't you know isn't destined for greatness you're like the son of a nobody blacksmith um in a small town and you know you you don't have any particular skills you go into the service of a of a lord as like a page and start to learn swordplay that way and then you like go around between different towns helping um people with their problems like bandits and stuff like that but anyway um so it's it's that's another game which was which had big aspirations and this one as well i feel also has similarly large aspirations maybe not as big a budget but um it's it's in early access right now it's in alpha um but you can buy it for pretty cheap and it's actually a pretty extensive amount of content that's in this game 
Um, I've played it for, I think, about 10 hours so far, and I've really only got a small community together. Um, but there's different skills that you can develop as well, like farming and diplomacy with other people. There's like survival. There's um, there's different branches, different like skill trees that you can kind of work your way through. And this, the skills, I will be honest, don't really feel super impactful at this point. They very minorly change things, usually on like a percentage basis. Like, oh, you can cut a tree down 5% faster or you can, you know, it takes 10% less time to cook food, that sort of thing. Um, but largely the game right now is a whole lot of walking, a whole lot of running around in forests, like trying to hunt things. Um, but I think it's, it's got a lot of promise. It's very, it's a very promising title. I'll be interested to see, uh, where they go with it. I'm going to be following it for a long time, I think. Are the other ones out of early access? The other dynasty games? Yeah. Yeah. I think those are their past projects. I have, I'll be honest. I haven't really looked into it very much. Um, but it's funny because, like, I started... This game, like, crossed my radar just because I saw somebody recommend it on Reddit. And I started playing it. And I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty dope. Like, I kind of like this game. And um, and then another, like, YouTuber slash, you know, streamer, content creator that I've been following for a long time, who used to be in the Oxcast, Sips, um, is apparently a big fan of the this series of games. He's played the previous ones as well, which I didn't even know. Which is kind of funny. Um or maybe I have seen him play an old one of their older games and I just didn't even realize it was the same company, but yeah, it's funny. <laughs> They're pretty um ridiculous games. But you know, it's it's got a certain like hokey charm to it because it's like some of the dialogue is like very obviously like translated to English. Um, because English isn't like their primary language. So a lot of the like interpersonal interactions don't follow a certain flow of conversation kind of thing. It's very, it's one of those really grindy games where you're kind of like, I would, I would put it as like a cross between um, the setting of kingdom come deliverance, but the gameplay style of like Stardew Valley, where the point is kind of to like build up your, your land and like, expand with different projects like animal husbandry and then farming crops and you know making clothes and you know hunting and crafting and that sort of thing um it's kind of like a it's honestly like a very chill game um and they're adding different things later on like they're adding different um different mechanics they're adding things like beekeeping and the hunting is going to be more dynamic and things like that it's going to be interesting so do you go into one profession or do you do a bunch of them? Because if you're making like a dynasty for yourself, mm. it kind of sounds like you choose like beekeeping or I'm going to become a lumberjack and then you just like, that's it. The game kind of requires you to do everything off the bat because like there's no one else to do it, right? And there's a bit of a management portion to the game as well because you have to supply your community with the things they need, right? You have to um, have storehouses that at this point in the game, um, in its development, you have to have a, f a storage of food and a storage of lumber for them to keep them happy. And um, I didn't really understand the meta of the game as I was playing through it on stream. And I thought that the 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 thing you were supposed to do was like get a community going as soon as possible to like help you then thrive. Uh, but I didn't have any food or like um lumber storage yet at that point so i had this other person in my community who i was 
I thought was going to like help me expand this place. And every time I went back to the management screen, his happiness was like lower and lower and lower and lower. And eventually he just left. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so there was this big like heartbreak moment where I was mourning the loss of neighbor. <laughs> mourning the loss of neighbor. What a yeah. neighbor, my neighbor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he didn't want to stick around anymore. And to be honest, I don't blame him. Damn. It was a shit town. <laughs> there was like nothing there. But uh yeah, it's it's funny. It's an interesting game. I like I I feel like you could expend its playability currently in like probably twenty ish hours if you knew what you were doing. Um but I'll be really excited to see like what else they add to it. Cool. Sounds pretty interesting. Uh what about you, Matt? Me? Yeah, I guess me. Uh, I've been doing the uh, same old, doing a little bit of that 76, uh, a very, very small amount of um, uh, Avengers. I haven't done Avengers that much because the urgency of 76, as I've mentioned before, uh, and I did a little bit of Ghost of Tsushima. I beat that, did like... You, did you beat that photo mode? No, I beat, uh, <laughs> I beat the quote-unquote, like, most talented swordsman in the game or whatever. It's like a side objective. So I beat him. Uh, and that's the last thing I did. Took me quite a few tries. Uh, I I don't know about, I don't know if you noticed this, Tim, but like I have a serious problem with the parrying in that game. Like you I feel as though it's not it doesn't work or something. You know what's funny is I had commented on that as well while I was playing the game and I was like, I can't tell if it's like not working properly or if I'm just really bad at it like I don't understand how it works right because it felt inconsistent to me but what I what I did in that game when I was playing it was I always just because of like the way that I like when there's like when there's a parrying mechanic in a game Dark Souls has taught me that it's like objectively the best strategy to work on so I always try to like only ever parry and like not bother blocking and that sort of thing like I'm either gonna parry or I'm gonna dodge I'm not gonna block right um, but with that game, like when you block, it's you hold the block button, which is also the parry button, um, and you can you, you can block attacks. But if you tap the block button, like right when they hit, that's when you can parry. And if your timing is like really good, then you can do the perfect parry, which leaves like a way bigger window. And there's certain like upgrades through the game that you can um, get extra like minor bonuses or buffs or something like that when you do a perfect parry over a regular parry. Um, but what I realized helped me was if there was ever a time when I was like parrying too early, what I would do is I would tap the button and then I would let go. And if that wasn't working, it's like it's, you know, they hit me because I wasn't I wasn't still holding the button. Right. Like I had done it too early and I'd let go. So what I tried to like force myself to start doing was when I was trying to parry like press the button like at the right time to parry, but still hold it down. So that even if I like got the timing wrong, I'd still be blocking, and then that's oh. when it's and then that's when it started to work better. So I'm thinking that maybe it's just my controller, or maybe it's like what is intended in the game is like you're supposed to hold the button when you parry instead of tapping it, because then it registers for a longer period of time that like you know button is being pressed kind of thing during the attack window or something. So it wasn't as big a deal. If I screwed up the parry because, you know, then I'd still be blocking. Um, and in Dark Souls, as, as like a composite, um, 
you can't do that because the pair like to parry in Dark Souls is an is an entirely different animation. And if you don't get the timing right, then your character is like still wide open finishing that animation and you can get hit during it. Whereas in Ghost of Tsushima, you can just parry you can try to parry and if you do it too early it's not a big deal because you can just keep holding block and his parrying um animation is the same as if he was gonna block anyway so you may as well just hold it and that's when it actually started to work better for me i yeah because i uh i was facing that boss and i like i hadn't played the game in about a week or so and so i couldn't like i i was a little rusty obviously and so i was like I know this is a boss and I'm going to die a bunch, but I'm going to, because it's a singular enemy, not a group, I'm going to just try to master parrying with this guy. Like, I'll just, like, sacrifice quite a few rounds and I'll just, like, just do the parrying. And I could not master it. Like, sometimes I would get a bunch of the perfect ones. Sometimes I would get a bunch of the regular ones. And then other times I swear I would hit it and it just would, like, three, you know, like, uh, if one of the enemies comes in and does, like, four or five quick swipes. Yeah, I yep. get hit by all five of them. Yeah, and I'm yeah. par- and I'm clicking the parry button each time, and like I know I'm not making a mistake because you're it's like you're saying the game is sort of like you know don't hold the button all like the whole time because that's blocking. Like click the button when, click the button like when you want to like to, or to like when the person attacks to initiate a parry. But yeah. maybe I need to try your thing where I'm clicking at the right time but then holding. Yeah, it's it's tough. I like, and I know what you're talking about. Like when they start to do a bunch of like quicker attacks, and you're kind of panicking a bit, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And you like keep trying to like parry through it. I think certain combos that they do, you can't. If you miss the parry at the beginning, you can't parry the other ones. All you can do is block. I'm not sure if that's the thing, but that's what I had to do because if they're just like going at me, it's like I can either try to dodge away or I can just block and try to like tank the hits. Well, the thing that annoyed me the most was the fact that I was. I was not even caring about a perfect parry. I was just trying to parry. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I was just like, I just want to be able to parry them. Like, I don't care about a perfect parry right now. Even in my practice, like, I'll just like, I will just get better at doing that over time. I just want to like consistently be able to parry them so that I can at least get a sword strike or two in on them, especially if yep. they block a lot, which bosses normally do, mm-hmm. or attack a lot to prevent me attacking. Um, Some of those duels, man, are really hard. They're, like, really fucking hard. Even just some of, like, the straw hat duels that you have to do, like, down the line. Some of them, like... I'm And I'm only playing on, like, the normal difficulty as well. Some of those those duels, like, the... I don't know if it's just that they have a certain style that they fight in, but it just gets me. It's, like, it, it perfectly knows how to counter how I play or something. I would just get, like, steamrolled, like, three three times in a row rapidly. And I'd be like, how the hell am I supposed to beat this guy? Like, do I not have enough skills in something or, or something else? Like, he just, like, perfectly countered my playstyle. Yeah, I think it I think it does come down to stance and style quite a bit. I feel like that game has that sort of, has that sort of feel where if they are rapid attackers and you're, you're not a person that defends a lot, then you know they they've got you countered or if Mm -hmm. they defend a lot and you also defend a lot they kind of have you there too in a way you know it's a game that really punishes being too aggressive a lot of the time i find which is normally how i play those games like i'm kind of of the like opinion with those sort of things like the best defense is a good offense because if you never give them a chance to hit you then you can't get hurt kind of thing um but it it does seem like that's actually one of those games where like if you're patient, it really pays off. Like, oh yeah. Waiting for them to attack you, 
and dodging and blocking and like waiting for your actual like moment to strike, which you'd think is like something that I would have learned playing games like Monster Hunter and stuff like that, where basically the meta of that game is like wait for the monster to, monster to do an attack that leaves it open and then take your you know take your opportunity when it's open to attack it and then rinse and repeat. Um, I don't know, just some of those games I just get way too into it and I'm just like, gotta take them down super fast because the faster I deal with this guy, then the faster I can move on to the next thing and I can see more of the game and blah 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 and this and that, so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I also, I would, I kind of go on the attack too much and then I use too it much of my like re- resolution or whatever yeah. even to like resolve, do, yeah. To resolve, yeah. Like I use that too much to do special attacks and then yeah. I have no, and then I have no healing when yeah. I get caught, you know, not being able to parry and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is Ryan he, back? Is he alive? He's been here the whole time. Yep. You can. Yeah. No, oh. we can't. Yeah. Do I sound okay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's a little bit of jittery in your voice, but that's just thing, the nerves. One thing I wanted to point out was uh, with the uh, Sushima was that um, I don't like when games where you can dodge they still like attack you. I don't know if you notice this, like some guys will actually like leap further than is humanly possible yep. and still hit you because they you dodged. S- they snap to you while you're moving. Yeah. And that's yep. really frustrating. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's difficult to balance that like sense of like, do we have it so that if you just keep dodging, that it's a viable strategy <laughs> right. Yeah. with what's, how much is too punishing? Because if we make it so that you can just keep dodging and dodging and dodging and they can never hit you, then the enemies feel too static. But if they if they chase after you, then it feels like unrealistic, like they're snapping to you and hitting you and stuff. And yeah. I've definitely seen that in that game where you like you roll, you know, three feet or four feet or six feet away from them, and then they're in like the middle of like a lunging attack and they lunge like six feet towards you. Yeah. Which is like super unrealistic. But at the same time this is also a game where you can like anime style put your sword back in its sheath and like focus for two seconds and then you like warp to a guy and slice him and warp to another guy and slice him (laughs) so realism is a little bit out the window for this game but yeah the i find the combat super satisfying i'm i'm really glad the way they did it it's just a matter of me like figuring out what is the way they want me to play it they did say it was going to be a bit of more of a difficult kind of play style and that that you would have to master it in some sense well, they did add an option later on after the game came out to make enemies less aggressive in combat, which I thought was interesting. Mm. So you can play on, like, normal mode, but have less aggressive combat. Or, like, even hard mode, but less aggressive combat. Because right. I've noticed that, too, just playing through the game. Like, enemies... I think we're too used to, like, the Assassin's Creed-style combat, where you're surrounded by a group of, like, five or six enemies, but only one attacks you at a time. And <laughs> right. you can just counter, and then stab. And then counter and then stab and then the next guy comes at you and counter and stab whereas like in a real life scenario i mean i guess they when you're fighting like samurai and stuff they have their code of honor that they would rely on like you have to look a man in the eyes when you're fighting him kind of thing but you're not always fighting samurai you're normally fighting mongol invaders so like or bandits or bandits so they would they wouldn't be afraid to just rush you from the side or from behind and just swing some giant axe at you or some exploding cannon thing like, oh, screw, screw that <laughs> cannon thing. That thing can go straight to hell. That thing always <laughs> kicks my ass. It's always like, I hear like the, like the, the wick or whatever, like Lighting the match the get lit and it's like, oh, here we go. And <laughs> boom. 
and I'm on the ground. I'm all beat to hell. I don't got any resolve left. And then, sure enough, I try to run at him, and then someone's like, Dasha! And then I get shot, and then I'm dead. <laughs> nah, you just gotta use your win style, man. Win stance. I, I think I'm bad at that game. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of forced my way through it. Like, just like kind of bash my my combat. Well, I I noticed something, and like, not to like make this the Ghost of Tsushima podcast, but like, I noticed something. Let's do it. Where, okay, so again, I guess I'm bringing it to Assassin's Creed. It's like Assassin's Creed and or other games. I'm not sure which one pioneered it, but in that era, like the like the typical Assassin's Creed stealth scenario is you run into an area, you use your eagle vision, you jump into like a bush or something where the people can't see you. You have various distraction items where you can lure people to places and then you stealthily assassinate them. I have like, I had like a weird issue with, or I still have a weird issue with the stealth in Ghost of Tsushima where I find that some of the movements and the animations are a bit too janky and I end up like revealing myself or like, I don't, I'm not sure whether I'm actually hidden. Uh, there's been a few times where enemies are, they're together, right? Like there'll be two guys in a tent or whatever. And they're like cooking food, and then I I do the distraction noise, and they they don't leave each other's side. They always are beside each other, and then and then they're always in view of another group of people like sitting at a campfire that's outside of the tent. So then it's like, well, I can't do much because they're in view of each other, and there's four of them, and so like I've tried a few times where I'll like sneak in the back, sort of like there's like a flap usually on the back of the tent where you can kind of sneak under and like I've snuck under there, but like because but that animation is so extravagant and like long, like speedy, like speaking, if that makes sense, where I can't transition to kill him before he screams for help. Yeah. Cause you're not like, it doesn't count you as being in like a sneaking state while you're doing that animation. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like, even though it's only a couple of seconds, it's just, it's still enough to ruin the stealth and, like, I've tried so many times where I'm just like, all right, like, I'm just going in loud. Like, I'm just running in there with my sword. Which is viable, too. And, like, I think the game is kind of designed that way. I think you're supposed to do some things stealthily and, and other things, like, head on. The way that, like, Samurai Jin would do it. Right. Um, But that being said, there are also, like, if you, if you have all the skills unlocked as well, like, there's chain assassinations and things. And I have found, actually, even when there's, like, a camp... Or there's two guys sitting over at this fire, and then, you know, within line of sight, you can see another guy, like, maybe patrolling or something. Or there's another guy standing guard outside of another tent. Even if they're, like, if they can, like, clearly see, um, you can you can definitely still jump down on those two guys and, like, chain assassinate them. And it won't, like, break your, um, like, state of discovery or whatever you would call it. Because I've definitely had it where another character has, like, clearly seen me kill two other guards. <laughs> and, like, they, they look over and they're like, hey, like, what's that movement over there? But then I can just crouch <laughs> and sneak away and it, they won't have noticed me. And there's also um, a scale later on that's actually, I think, at the end of, like, the chain assassination upgrade list. Um, I mean, I guess this is, like, kind of mild spoilers for anyone who hasn't played through the game all the way yet. Um, but you can get an ability where when you're looking at an enemy who's close enough that you could, like, jump down and assassinate them... They'll be outlined in red if killing them would alert one of their allies. Oh. So you can... And there's other games. I think the one that I can think of right away that also has that is Spider-Man. Um, where 
if an enemy is outlined in like white or light blue or whatever the default color is then he's um, in he's in like stealth so like you can kill him he you can dispatch them and they won't be discovered um but then if they're outlined in red then it's like they're within line of sight of one of their allies and they'll be like discovered immediately maybe I need to invest a little in the in a little in the ghost skills then a little more ghost skills are all right i mean i i honestly in, in that game i was like really prioritizing um like everything else before that I, I maxed out all my stances and then i started to work into more like the exploration skills because i found myself not really using the ghost weapons all that much um but then once i started to actually invest in the ghost weapons i was like okay yeah these are actually really useful like not even just in stealth like ha- upgrading the um like the black powder bombs and things and the sticky bombs is actually so useful in like an open conflict where you can just throw it like you're suddenly surrounded by like eight guys and it's like oh shit and you just throw a sticky bomb at the big guy and roll away and then the explosion like knocks you know all eight of them down super handy all right let's hop into our uh, stories for the week um this was obviously pretty massive um i think tim you actually texted me before i was even awake uh, yeah about this story yeah because i knew i was like this is going to be the story this week i was like here you <laughs> yeah. are ryan yeah so let's hop right into it microsoft um bought uh zenimax who owns bethesda uh the pub the game publisher uh, this comes from ign so announced by head of xbox phil spencer and xbox wire post today microsoft will acquire zenimax media for 7.5 billion dollars with a b with a b billion this, this was three times the 2.5 billion it paid for uh, mojang's uh minecraft in 2014 um, so it looks like the expected close of the deal will be the second half of 2021. Uh, the deal includes ZeniMax Media as, as a whole, uh, Bethesda Softworks, Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, ZeniMax Online Studios, Arcane, uh, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roundhouse Studios. And like for um, perspective, $7.5 billion makes it the second most expensive video game company acquisition in history. Beaten out only only by Tencent buying Supercell for eight point six billion. It's more than Disney paid for Marvel and what they paid for Star Wars combined. I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, maybe yeah. I think it's or no, it's not quite that because I think both of them were four point five or four ish billion. So it's like it's almost both of them. Yeah, it's a lot of money. (laughs) So this is a huge development. Especially for the next gen consoles coming up, um, how do you how do you guys feel about this? Is do you think this is a uh, a good move for Microsoft? Uh, to be honest, I've always thought that Doom, because it is also like part of this acquisition, um, I always thought that Doom was like I don't even know really how to describe it. Like by association, like a very Xbox title, maybe just because it like started on PC and. For it to come to consoles, I'm just like, oh yeah, like when I think of brands that associate with Microsoft, I think Doom, mm-hmm. um, just the run and gun shooter type type game. I'm really interested in the fact that like Arcane is also part of this, which is like Dishonored. Um, that I don't really attribute so much to Microsoft, and obviously a lot of the questions that are around this acquisition right now is is, is like, oh shit, is Fallout and and Elder Scrolls Six gonna be an exclusive to microsoft platforms which i mean i don't see that happening um even though in the past bethesda has has been unkind to 
Sony as a platform taking how many years to resolve those crashing issues in Skyrim when you like step in water amongst other things? I mean, I don't think it was necessarily their fault. Obviously, we all know that the PS3 was hard to develop for. Uh, but it just seemed like they, they really didn't want to resolve those issues. Like they were just kind of hoping Sony would go away and Sony didn't. And they're like, okay, fine, we'll fucking fix it. But like, <laughs> was it years? Uh, I think it was like at least a year or two after Skyrim came out on PS3 that they didn't they didn't fix it. Damn. Cuz I remember Connor had it on PS3 and he just like wasn't able to play it. He couldn't do the Thieves Guild because one of the first missions in a Thieves Guild in Riften is you have to go to that island where the bees are. You and he's like in the water. Yeah, he's like I can't I can't get to it cuz you have to go in the water and as soon as I go in the water the game crashes. So like there's just like whole sections of that game that he wasn't able to play. Well, <laughs> I'm of two minds on this, and I'm not sure. Obviously, the like the first thing you would think is, oh, they're going to make these games exclusive. They paid $7.5 billion, right? They're going to make these games theirs. But a lot of their messaging has been about playing wherever you want, which is very odd for them to say when they're... If you were thinking they're going exclusive. They put a big emphasis on on having gamers give, give gamer, gamers the freedom to play where they want. Yeah, as long as it's on a Microsoft platform. Is that, no, I yeah. think I think I think long term they don't care where you play it. I think just they want you to think short term that it is going to be exclusive to Microsoft. It's not a coincidence that they that they announced the agreement to purchase Zenimax just before the pre order. Like it wasn't the the purchase wasn't even done. It was just like, hey, we 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 went into an agreement to purchase Zenimax, uh, and they did it just before the Xbox pre orders. Like they want you to think that that's where you have to go. This also but, got released too. Um, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier uh, and Dina Bass uh, report that Phil Spencer has said Microsoft will honor the PS5 exclusivity agreement for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, and future Bethesda games will appear on Xbox, PC, and other consoles on a case by case basis. So if they're making these exclusive, wouldn't they just say, yeah, there are, please buy the Xbox uh, Series X? But instead, they're saying a case by case basis, and they don't really give a hard line on. Or is that just because the deal isn't really done yet? I feel like they could say literally whatever they want to at this point, and it doesn't matter because they can always just retcon it later. Yeah. Like, that seems to be the industry now, is, like, stuff just gets said, and then people speculate over it for months, and then something completely different happens because they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we decided to not do that. Here's the actual thing. Well, speaking of which, actually, uh, Pete Hines kind of said that, that people get angry at them and says he lies about games. Right, but he says things just change. Like you, you one e three, you say like, "Well, we're doing this," but then a few months down the road, things change, and then he has to like take it back. And people said he lied, but I mean, and that's the reality of the situation. Like that, that is what happens in the production of anything. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also a catch all excuse to cover his ass. Like, so it's it's hard to say, right? But look at the stuff like Watchdogs when it was first announced. Like that did not look like the release of Watchdogs. Nope. <laughs> so many games. That happens to um, yeah. So it's all good. I feel I feel as though we're not going to see we're not going to see Elder Scrolls on on the PlayStation because it's it's strange to me like the wording here and this is you know speculating on the wording again but they're saying what was it PC Xbox and other consoles on a case by or other like places on a case by case basis. Yeah, they've been kind of like. I don't know whether it's happened recently, but they've been kind of like working with Nintendo a bit. I'm kind of wondering whether that X Cloud is going to be coming to Nintendo, like to 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 the Switch. That'd be pretty cool. 
and then that's their other platform. Mm. Like, it's possible that they're trying to get xCloud on other platforms, and therefore, like, therefore they would, they would strategically be like, oh, yeah, like, it is available on other platforms, it's available on the Nintendo Switch. I mean, wasn't there that thing, like, maybe half a year ago or sometime last year when they were talking about having an Xbox app on the Switch? I think, I think Nintendo is kind of in the boat of, like, that might not be the greatest value for their consumer like that might not line up with their vision of the system i mean so it's we'll, a weird yeah it's weird right last i heard it's probably not going to happen at least not now not okay. right now i thought that was a fever dream i had but i guess that was real <laughs> um one interesting take i heard was that maybe starfield would be an exclusive to xbox and pc but established fallout and elder scrolls might still come to playstation see i i would almost think that it would be the other way around i would i would say opposite yeah i really? I, I, I would figure that hey we know elder scrolls can move consoles so we are going to make it an exclusive and force people to come here to get it but then if we have a new ip like Deathloop, even though it is going to be a ps exclusive they would say hey we need to kind of do a widespread to establish you know a fan base for this and then we'll see how this franchise goes in, you know, maybe two games or so. And then talk, maybe look at, like, possibly moving over to exclusivity. Actually, now that you say that, now that's gotten me thinking about Starfield, which is their first new IP in, like, 25 years, I think they said. Um, that's fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> 25 years. And it's the first game that they've, that the Bethesda Game Studios will have made that's not a sequel um, is Starfield. Why would they put that on all consoles? Like PC, PS5, Xbox Series X slash S. Um, why wouldn't they do that? You know? Because they would it's want to start as many. Out, right? Yeah, it's... everybody. They would want to make that as accessible as possible. They want it to be a big new IP, right? Well, I, I was thinking that the hype around Bethesda, the studio itself, <clears throat> it like already speaks volumes for the title. And I think that you, what we could, what we could see here is, is Microsoft going toe to toe with Sony by pulling games effectively from Sony. So, you know, maybe there's the switch deal. Like I said, maybe there isn't like whatever, it's all speculation. But the point is like, well, I mean, other platforms could be Android. They could mean that too. Cause I mean, you can play xCloud mm-hmm. on Android now. So it's very possible that like, I, I just feel as though. I feel as though th- this is one of those situations where we, meaning like the gaming community in general, do not want these things to be exclusive, and that's why the conversation is driven. But where, but like in the event of a of, of a studio being acquired by Sony, chances are that studio is going to make PlayStation only games, right? And and there wouldn't even be much discussion. I think I think this is just because. These franchises are so franchises are so big, and they've been around for over twenty years, as we've said in some of the cases. That people are like, "Man, I really don't want this to be like like you know, it's been cross platform for so long. Like it, it just has to be cross platform. Like we're sort of relying on that past experience. Whereas I don't see a value proposition in micro like I, the value proposition to Microsoft putting it onto a Sony console, uh, as well as theirs, as well as PC, is. So that it has the widest audience, like you're saying. But I have a feeling that they're seeing, they're seeing Sony struggle in not only like the the X Cloud competitor type of thing, uh, or, or just Game Pass competitor, I should say, in in the uh, in the Game Pass comp- competition type of thing. 
but I think they're also seeing them like their games are like really detailed and like really good. Sony games typically are. And as a result, they take forever to make. So Microsoft's basically flexing here, or at least the way I see it, they're flexing here and they're buying all of these studios so that tons and tons of product can be made like not quickly per studio, but be released quickly, if that makes sense. But here's the thing, right? It's like if they if they are if they own these studios that are releasing games on PlayStation platform, they're still getting a cut at the end of the day of that purchase. They've still got their fingers in the pie, so to speak, that that PlayStation is offering for people. So at the end of it, even if, say, Elder Scrolls 6 is on both platforms, they can push the advertising saying that Xbox series consoles are the best place to play, um, you know, Elder Scrolls. You can still do it on PS5, but you know it's not going to be as good or whatever. But if other, and then if people are still buying it on PS5, they don't care because they're still getting some of that profit. It, it, uh, it almost like I, but I think the brand association may help them long term. Like if you can, if you can make Elder Scrolls, Fallout, whatever, just like is kind of associated with the Xbox brand, like I think that will help them long term. It's like, and it's like maybe, Halo. And Fair and, and and one one of the, one of the things that they they can do while still honoring any sort of PlayStation or or Nintendo uh releases is they can now control any sort of exclusive marketing agreement. So every time there's like a major uh EA game and then one time you'll you'll have it like like PlayStation will have the marketing agreement and you'll see all the advertisements for PlayStation and the other game you'll see with Xbox and so on and so forth. Um, at least now with this, they can, they can showcase those games at the Xbox conferences. They can have their full page at full page ad with those games with the Xbox branding on it. And then maybe just quietly release them on the PlayStation Nintendo switch front elsewhere. And, and actually with, with like with you saying that, Effectively, Microsoft has, in a way, um, if if we if if we assume they add it to XCloud, like like Fallout, Starfield, whatever, they've effectively made Bethesda games mobile now, which is like a whole other ball game. You know, it's a whole other thing. Yeah, and but like them buying them, like any any sort of Fallout game or any sort of Bethesda game going mobile for any sort of cloud streaming service was just going to be an inevitability like, like no you're, you're right but i i mean like what i'm what i'm what i mean is 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 like i'm with you on on the branding thing like the like you if they if you associate fallout starfield uh elder scrolls over the years you start associating that with game pass and then just xbox in general like that i i think the mobile front could be something they could mention in marketing now just like hey like play fallout 4 on the go only on xcloud or whatever like I think that would be a huge push toward that brand identity. Like that'd be more like solidifying it. Be like, oh damn! Like you can play you can play this game on mobile. If that's what they're going for, then if if that's like their long game, then then perhaps I can see them trying to force exclusivity for these like major major game franchises. But at the same time, like if if unless they start to take that very very slowly and if they opt for um 
more like major transitions that sort of force the market's hand the way kind of like the Apple does where they just like, Oh yeah, we don't like this feature anymore. So let's just get rid of it. And people will just have to suck it up. Um, if they opt to just go exclusive that quickly, then they're going to piss off like half of the fan base. Like the reason that fallout four sold so many copies is because so many people bought it on PS4, you know, like there were way more PS4 copies of almost any game you can think of sold than we're on Xbox. That's a good point. That that, so, that to be fair is a good point. They're alienating like a huge chunk of their audience if they say, by the way, Fallout 5, Xbox only. Now you've just you've just pushed away all of that market of people that bought Fallout 4 on PS4 unless they decided to jump ship and either buy an Xbox or um, you know, buy both if they can afford to do that. Um I don't know. As much as I like exclusives for the sake of, like, the gaming industry, they also kind of harm it in the sense that, you know, if you've got a long-standing series that's known for being on multiple platforms, to change that is, like, you're just denying your market, you know, the ability to experience the game that you've created and, like, give you their money. So. And to to your point too, Tim, to actually solidify that, you can see you can see that that your point might be valid because they're really pushing to have X Cloud and Game Pass whatever on the iPhone, and they're actually struggling through it. Whereas there, you know, was seemingly very little, if no struggle at all, on Android. So they're like, you know, they are committed. They want that on iPhone, and they don't make iPhones. You know, if, if anything, they make android phones now you know so yeah like that's a really good point honestly as well surprised they announced it this early i mean obviously they want to get those console pre-orders and console sales but the, the deal isn't fully closed until second half of 2021 i mean who knows if it could fall apart right well i was actually going to mention something about that um this might just be like superficial or whatever, but I actually I did, the other day, you know that um, live action Fallout seventy six trailer. Oh I, yeah, uh, that just popped in my head the other day, and I just like I just booted it up on YouTube for old time's sake. And at the end of that, they like they have a an ex, like a the end of it is like an Xbox promo, and it says games play best on Xbox One. Now. I don't know whether that's like the writing is on the wall already, but I wonder if this deal has been in the works since since around that time. Well, that's what a lot of people have speculated as well, is that these sort of things don't just happen overnight. Like, it's probable that Microsoft has been talking with ZeniMax for a long time about this. I don't, I don't think it goes back. To, I have a feeling they were probably talking to them around the time of when they announced all the other game studio, acquisi- uh, game studio acquisitions, like... Um, Remember that one press conference, maybe two through two E threes ago now, where they just like, uh, oh, can you guys hear the dog barking? In the yeah, hallway? what the heck is that? <laughs> that is uh, my neighbor's dog. Um, I have I have a feeling they were probably started talking to them around that time when they announced all the other ones that they bought. Like Sorry, when, when was that? That was... I think it was like two E threes ago when they announced like they just spontaneously announced like, oh, we bought Double Fine and we bought. Uh, Oh, I think that, that was with the yeah, Cyberpunk reveal, yeah. right? Yeah. So I have a feeling it's probably around that time. They're probably they're probably next day. Eh? CD Project Red. Ooh. Uh, I think I think they really <laughs> like to stay independent. I really yeah. don't think they want to be bought out. 
They, yeah, like, I mean, I've, I've heard, like, people talk about, they seem to really, like, play the local angle, and they're sort of, like, really well known in their... They like being indie. Yeah, they like being like, indie, and it seems like the country just, like, the country where they're at, and they're, like, their locale, I guess is the word I'm looking for, like, really likes them, and, like, you know, it's a good relationship, so... Well, they, they really, like you said, they really play up the, like, independent angle. Like, everything that CD Projekt Red seems to do seems to be, like, anti-corporate, if that makes sense. Like, everything they do in their games, like, releasing massive, you know, content packs for free, and, like, or I guess I should say, like, anti-industry, which, like, Microsoft is clearly industry of games. Like, it's not about the experience of games, it's about you know, how to turn this into a, a multi-billion moneymaker. Yeah, they're a it's big not, it's company not about, in general. It's not about soul for them. It's about money. Um, whereas CD Projekt Red is like, you know, you open up your 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 packaging for The Witcher 3 and it's like, thank you for supporting us. And like, we couldn't have made this without you and we have the fans to thank. And like, just the little things like that, where they definitely are more about making it an mm. enjoyable experience for the end user versus prioritizing their profits. Also, we don't know if um, Cyberpunk's any good. What if Microsoft bought them and Cyberpunk? Is <laughs> Cyberpunk horrible? is just actually trash. <laughs> yeah, be, that would be really bad. That would be insane after all they've shown of that game. Oh that yeah, it was just I actually know. hot garbage. That I would think be it's a little overhyped now. Though. Crazy. Don't I don't know. I haven't heard much about it recently, and I think I'm happy keeping it that way. All right. Well, this is a major development. Um, we'll see if Sony responds in any way. Maybe they have some uh, more tricks up their sleeve. But uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, next here, we have Microsoft um, has this proprietary expandable storage uh, that's co-made with uh, Seagate. And we, according to The Verge, we now have the price of the one terabyte um, drive for the Xbox Series X and S. And it's 219 American. That uh, sounds pretty pricey to me. It's almost the price of an Xbox Series S. Yeah. <laughs> May as well just buy a second console at that point. And and the real um, unfortunate part is that if you want to play like Series X games, you need to have a storage device that's that fast, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to buy this proprietary, and the proprietary for now. I guess they're looking at third party ones that might lower lower the price. But um, as of right yeah. now, I mean, the Xbox does come with one terabyte, which is quite a bit. Well, I I was saying this to you guys the other day is. Like, xCloud is currently in its infancy, but I don't see a point, you know, assuming xCloud works really good on the Xbox Series X whenever xCloud does come to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really I don't really see a point in downloading games that are online only anymore. And that goes for games with a campaign that I'm done too. Like, if I had Call of Duty, I go on and beat the campaign of Call of Duty, and then that's it. Like, I might as well delete it. And if I play with you guys or whatever, I may as well just stream it. Because if the internet's down, then that game's down anyway. <laughs> Fair point, I suppose. And, and that, that saves literally capacity. hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes. I would still say, though, that most console gamers probably don't have speeds enough to, to stream games yet, right? I wouldn't say that. Like, I would say... I wouldn't say that because, for example, Ryan, like, you and I played xCloud... <laughs> You and I played xCloud while waiting for waiting in line for our Xbox Series X pre-orders yeah. uh, on my phone. And we were playing on non-ideal speeds, so we were not on 5G. We were in a basement, in, in a mall, 
and we were we were on LTE or LTE plus. Yeah, we so were we were surrounded by concrete. We're surrounded by concrete, <laughs> and yeah, and like but, there was some latency, but it absolutely was not that bad. And like yeah, we, but, we, we 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 did not check off any of the ideal boxes. But like even but LTE is faster than or is better than most people's home network. Yeah, not would, not not that. now i would say like but and you have a dedicated connection to that device when you have like everyone else on that on at home trying to do everything constantly like you'll see how fast like that just kind of goes down the shitter but like here's the like, thing right like we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago when i when we were talking about the google stadia and we were like looking up what speeds were like considered ideal for streaming through stadia and it was like to have like stable, like not I- like ideal, but like minimum minimum requirements for like streaming games through Stadia was something like minimal. It was like five megabit or something, or like ten megabit. It was like pretty standard, which is less. I think it's about half of what we you could, like the packages that you can averagely get in Canada for like a decent price. Uh, in in Canada right now, and and like my my brother uses Stadia pretty much exclusively. Like he doesn't actually play anything else. Yeah. Um. In Canada, if you you can get really garbage internet packages for a lot of money, it's true. Um, <laughs> but I mean, but, that, that's kind of like in in most cases, that's kind of your fault if you if you go for that, right? Yeah. The but the the main difference in in right now in the transition we're going for is if you have a TV bundle with it, because as soon as you introduce a TV bundle in anything in Canada. They immediately shoot you up to like 150 down, 150 up, unlimited bandwidth, and that's because the the cable boxes now are not cable boxes; they're 4K streaming boxes because that's the only way for them to get a 4K feed to you. So they can't give you anything less than that just because your box is running off it. Right. Assuming so, your infrastructure is that way, like here, if you wanted Bell TV, you can only get satellite. Yeah. Like for for me, I have Bell in in my unit right now, and it's 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 uh, right now. I have a meg, uh, I have a gig gig down, gig up, like done. By the time it gets to my computer, my computer gets it about five hundred down, five hundred up. So, and I have to I have to reevaluate when I do lose my TV package and I decide to get rid of it because chances are, you know, Bell is going to knock me down. But like internet is, it may not be getting faster all the time but it's definitely getting more plentiful so we don't i i think a streaming future is possible but like it doesn't surprise me that your your phone was acting perfectly fine on an exclusive lte lte plus uh connection like it doesn't surprise me at all but the like the situation we were in so meaning uh like we were in like i said in a basement in a mall surrounded by concrete uh with all God knows how, however many other wireless signals going on that, that could be, you know, causing interruption that way, uh, interference. Uh, the very fact that it was able to run that, uh, and LTE does, LTE, LTE Plus do have lesser ping than like a line into your home generally. Uh, so, so I like, I will say that those, those sort of issues that we had with our network kind of set up at that time could emulate. A person that has sort of a busy network at home you know what i mean like it's just more to add to you know oh like like oh, like someone else is streaming too much netflix but in our case we had too much interference because there was way too much wi-fi in the area like stuff like that 
So I, I don't know. Like I and also another thing to point out as a small tep, tech tip to people, generally speaking, and like please do your own investigation. The router you get with your ISP is absolutely hot garbage, and generally speaking, you will get way better speeds or just way better like management of your speeds with a better router. That's not always the case, but like when people say like, man, like when someone streams net, like I have a hundred down, or even if they have like 40 down and they're like, man, only two people can stream Netflix in the house. That is, that is almost always because the router that you get from your ISP is a, like a literal piece of garbage. It can't manage traffic worth crap because it was free. The worst part too is like when you have like a gigabit plan, oftentimes the router they give you with that cannot support gigabit. Or is like a low end gigabit one. Yeah. And that's, so that's like it's it quite literally when I got new like okay, so I had like old internet, I had AOL like for broadband Canada not that long ago. And I remember I just like used the router that they gave us. Uh, like they gave us a modem and a router and stuff like that, whatever. Um over the years, like the situation changed a couple times with their infrastructure, but basically I just said one day, I was like, the hell with this. I'm just going to buy a good router and I ended up buying like a good router. And like, even though my overall speed did not, not improve, I was able to stream video better. I, like it was a noticeable difference. People were able to stream Netflix and I was able to like play games better and stuff like that all at the same time, even though we were only on like five down and like 0.6 up. I was fully able to deal with it. Now I, I do know how to manage my own network traffic. So that does help. However, the router is a huge piece of it. And when we upgraded again, I just went out and bought like a three or $400 router. Cause I just knew that it's like, okay, everything now, like our TV, Netflix, whatever games, they all use the internet. This is the one thing I can't cheap out on because everything uses it. I think and I need again, to buy, this... I, I think I need to buy a new router. <laughs> this you does have, you have the depend Bell, on your provider as well. You have the Bell gigabit router. I, I imagine Adriano. Yeah. You could do a speed test on that in like the management like um, web page. Oh, and it it, it if comes. If you do the speed up. test, you can see it gets gigabit speeds there. Yeah, but it's Wi-Fi. I don't think is good enough to output gigabit speeds. No, and 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 I have and I have connection problems with this router. Like my this yeah. this computer constantly drops. Uh, I I I realized a little while ago that I just need to be hardwired in. I need I need a fucking plug into my internet. Wireless does not cut it for me anymore. Unless it's a phone, I don't want it. Um, well, if you couldn't play X, um, xCloud on your iPhone, you may be able to stream your Xbox games <laughs> to your iPhone. Um, this uh, comes to us from The Verge. Microsoft is about to release a big Xbox app update for iOS that includes the ability to stream Xbox One games to an iPhone. Uh, this new Xbox app will arrive in the App Store soon. That includes a remote play feature, which lets Xbox One console owners stream their games to an iPhone. I believe this is already available on Android, if I'm not mistaken. I do know that years ago, when I bought my Windows tablet, it said I could stream my Xbox games to it. So they're trying to reach parity between all their um, apps, um, their mobile apps, uh, on Android and iOS. And so this is the next step for iOS. Now, if you're wondering, how come they couldn't get xCloud working, but they could get this? Uh, Rope Play is different to Microsoft's xCloud service, which streams games directly from servers instead of your own Xbox One console. Uh, this Xbox Remote Play feature will only connect to your own Xbox console, not to xCloud. Uh, it's similar to Sony's own uh, PS4 remote play feature. It's also available on Android and iOS. Doesn't Steam have one as well? Uh, Steam has one too, and it even has an Apple TV app, which I have used. Oh, the Steam, the Steam streaming 
is actually like the most seamless thing I've ever I've ever used in terms of like new 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 tech. I quite literally turned on Steam once on my laptop and was like, man, I don't have this game installed. I was like, well, wait a second. It is showing that it is installed because I didn't want to wait. And I was like, holy crap, I can just stream this from my desktop. Like, yeah. it, was, it was that seamless. So what's cool about this is this is almost like setting up your own xCloud server because you'll be able to access your Xbox console over Wi-Fi or even LTE and 5G. So I should just buy a Series S and leave it at my condo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could theoretically yeah, do that. Yeah, do that. That I should. I should get one just to, because like right now my my plan is like I don't even want to stream anything to my TV. Like I have a Steam Link and I don't even want to hook it up. I want I want to run an HDMI cable from my computer, run it all the way around my unit into my TV, and just play it like that. I mean, Why that would definitely use be the, the best Steam experience. Because uh, I I don't. I'll use a Steam Link if I have to, but I also just want everything on my PC available on my TV. I just don't want to be locked into Steam. Um, uh, I also, again, like I want to try to avoid any sort of streaming box. I would rather just plug in directly. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, uh, I suppose. I agree. I suppose that that's viable if you don't if you don't want voice controls. Like I'm all about I'm all about the voice controls now. Okay. So like I need I need to I need like the Chromecast to be connected to like my Google Homes and all that and my Google Nest devices now and that type okay. of thing. Well, good thing I have short of my Siri on my iPhone. I have no voice commands for anything else. So I just kind of feel as though that's like an antiquated way to do it. Like HTPCs, like home theater PCs, is what that stands for. Like those are kind of antiquated, aren't they? Like they're pretty damn old. Like the but idea I, of them. I, is old. I don't. I don't. I have had bad experiences with trying to go wireless so far and i and i want to avoid that it's interesting and i guess this is something they've been like obviously thinking about for a long time and been working on for a long time and plan to continue to do so but it's interesting that they're doing such a push for this right now when like people aren't necessarily like going out as much as they used to i think it's a big push timing yeah it's really unfortunate because they're (laughs) They're doing this big push for like being able to play Microsoft games wherever, no matter what like platform you're using, and you can stream full, you know, full experience games to your tablet or, or phone or whatever. Um, but like, people aren't going to make use of these features right now. So you'd think that they would, like, I can only imagine the market for this sort of thing is is a lot smaller right now than it would even be at its peak. Yeah. Um. So I don't. Is that I, is that strategic? Actually, that's a good point you brought up, Tim. So makes it's me right if now just planning for like once people start to get back into it. Yeah, because it's it is already, only on phones. It is not available on PC. Right there, so that they're like, not only have they hit the ground running when people are back out and about and potentially wanting to do be doing gaming experiences on the go again, but it's the best place to do it because they've been working on it for so long. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, that's. Because, because like, I remember when we were going to play State of Decay, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we have, um, twi- we have, like, uh, we, we Twitch stream it, and we were having trouble where whenever the game would create a new session for us, uh, it would, like, just kill the stream for, like, maybe, like, eh, I don't know, maybe two seconds. Uh, and, like, you know, Twitch just goes, just goes into a black screen for, like, a few frames. It's not a big deal. Uh, but Twitch seems to recover. But, like, for the people watching live, they have to refresh. Twitch.tv slash Day One Patch Media. Thank you. And <laughs> one of the things that I was I was telling you guys when XCloud launched my phone is I said maybe we should stream. I should stream the like via XCloud. I should stream State of Decay two, and then you guys join that, and then you guys are joining 
like an Xbox, like a like a remote Xbox thing. Yeah. And so am I. And then that way I'm like I'm not really using that network. Like I'm not I'm not the one creating the session. This remote system is. And maybe that'll like help us. Unfortunately, XCloud is not available on PC yet, but still. It is a shame with that game too, because like it only seems to be that game that does it. Well, one thing I will say, and like, because <clears throat> it did it for thing, me too when I was hosting. That that's exactly it. And like, one thing I will say is is there's something going on with Xbox where, and this happened like a little while ago too on my actual like, console, where the so Xbox Live runs on um, a server or like a service or something. I didn't do like a lot of research, but it's called Torito. And like Torito uh, is like basically, I don't know exactly what it does, but basically what you want to do is you want to have like an open NAT and you want to have all that crap. And like you want to have connection to those Torito servers. And I remember when I turned off uh, my firewall when we were doing some testing off off the air, my performance, because my game performance was just horrible and we were also having these network problems. And my, my performance improved imme- like immensely. But when I went into the Xbox app le- like later that night, I noticed that it was, I think it said it couldn't connect to Torito due to the firewall. And so I was like, okay, well, you know what I'm going to do is clearly the firewall was blocking something or something was going on. I'm going to open my, my ports, the same ones that I opened for my Xbox, I'll open them and put them toward my PC. So that's what I did. Gave myself a static IP, blah, 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 go through the whole motion. Open NAT. Got connection to the Trito servers. Had my uh, firewall on. Performance is is good. Uh, there's still like a odd hiccup here and there, but like totally way better than what it was. But the network issues never went away, and that's the strangest thing. It's like I fixed the network to f- which fixed my local performance, but not the network issue. Like I don't know what the hell that game is doing. <laughs> All right, let's hop into the um, launch date titles that we have confirmed for the Xbox Series X. Uh, I'll just just get your take on them. I'm just going to go through the list. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Bright Memory, Dirt 5, FIFA 21, Fortnite, uh, Gears 5, which is a Series X upgraded, uh, Gears Tactics, Marvel's Avengers, NBA 2K21, Observer System Redux, RPG Time, The Legend of Right, Samurai Spirits, Tetris Effect Connected, The Falconeer, Watch Dogs Legion, and Yakuza like a dragon. Woo! How do you guys feel about that lineup? You know what? I'm actually excited for Gears Tactics. Yeah, I've oh, heard you actually can, the Tactics y- is y- decent. Oh wow! You can play that right now on PC, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna yeah. play it on my. I'm gonna play it on my brand new Xbox Series X. A couple of these games are kind of like just making the upgrade, like Gears Five, Gears Tactics, Avengers, Fortnite, uh, Fortnite. Uh, I would be playing <clears throat> Assassin's Creed Valhalla one day on PC. I will also be playing Watch Dogs Legion one day on PC. Other one day, than that, not day one, one yeah, day. one day. Really uh, same surprised. with Marvel's. Same with Marvel's Avengers. I have nothing else on for any of this. That <laughs> I may have to cancel my Xbox pre-order. I'm surprised to see Bright Memory on here because that's one of the games that I actually like finished um, on on my stream like i think it was through two or three weeks ago and it's just in like early access right now but it's really short it's like 45 minutes what um what the hell so i don't know like i I know that they said i remember seeing the announcement that it's going to come to console but like it's showing here like first released january 11th of of last year 
Like, it's a two-year-old game, and it's still in early development. So, I don't know what the hell they're thinking with with Bright Memory. Unless they're going to release it and it's, like, fairly current state or not. Unless they've been, like, holding out on, like, the vast majority of of, uh, of that game for, like, a console launch. <clears throat> there is really not a lot of content in that game right now. I don't even really know what it is. <laughs> it's a like, um, it's a first-person shooter that has like pseudo like Dark Souls uh, elements to it, where it's like, um, it's like difficult combat that requires a specific way to play it, and it's like you die and you go back to your last like checkpoint thing, and you have like a series like a uh uh system of like experience that you lose when you die and you have to go back and get it and stuff there's even like a like they don't even deny that it's inspired by dark souls because there's literally a dark souls easter egg in that game (laughs) that's not even an easter egg because it's literally down the main path there's a bonfire and then you you can activate it and it says bonfire lit like it's it's ripped straight from dark souls um it's it's a very bizarre game and like i finished the i would even consider it a demo honestly because i think it took me like 38 minutes to get through it um and there's like big boss there was a big boss fight at the end that had multiple phases and stuff like it was there's a lot of inspiration taken from souls uh like soulsborne games um and then at the end of it it's like thanks for playing our like early you know teaser or whatever of this game i I will be very surprised if they have, like, you know, another 90% of that game to show still, because what I played was pretty clunky. And this wasn't that long ago. Like, this was, like, a couple of weeks ago. You know what? You know what's interesting is, like, I wonder, this is, like, a totally random, the random thing that just popped in my head. I wonder whether we're going to see early access games, assuming this game is an early access game. Mm, like go to game pass go to game pass like totally random like not announced at all it's just that that's just the immediate where my head went immediately when you were when you were going through that it would yield for a bigger player base because a lot of people don't want to buy into early access games because they want to play a finished product but if it's already if it's on a it's on game pass who cares it's on game pass then it doesn't matter because you've already paid for it yeah, and it's just like, oh, like this game sucks, and you just delete it. Like, who cares? Yeah, it's possible. That's interesting. Well, let's hop over to the PS5 launch games. Uh, this includes Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Astro's Playroom, Demon's Souls, Destruction All Stars, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Fortnite, Godfall, Marvel's Spider Man Miles Morales, Observer System Redux, and Redo. Sackboy. Redo. And Sackboy A Big Adventure. So immediately what I see the difference here between this list and the other one is that there's a lot more there's there are fewer titles but there are a lot more big budget titles like they're they're definitely going for more of a um like a bit more like bombastic experience if that makes sense compared mm-hmm. to Xbox where Xbox has kind of got like a lot of like indie stuff and your standard NBA FIFA you know, that sort of thing. Games that don't really do that much different. Um, whereas, I mean, and to be fair, Demon Souls is a remake. Um, 
Devil May Cry 5 is a sequel. Spider-Man's a sequel. But that being said, like, Spider-Man was one of the most, to me, impressive games in the last 10 years. Godfall is am- amping up to be something very significant. I mean, Sackboy is a is a different take on an existing IP. I'm excited for Sackboy. So it's it'll be interesting. I don't know. I feel like they're going for much bigger experiences, whereas Xbox is kind of throwing a bunch of bunch of stuff at the wall kind of thing and hoping stuff sticks. Now, why is why is, why isn't Watch Dogs Legion on this list? Is it not? Uh, it's not launch, is it? Is it? Not, not a launch title. It's it's yeah. It's it like further. Later it's further. What? It's further down under the games coming to at or around launch. No, but it was on the Xbox Series X launch, which was on the tenth. When does it launch? Yeah, it's earlier, right? The tenth. Yeah, and and the PlayStation's on the twelfth. Twelfth. Yeah. So what what's happened with Legion? Or is this just not updated? Maybe. It's possible. Or maybe it's, it's a staggered spot. launch. I don't know. Spot. What are you doing? It could possibly be that this website. Wait has a second. Made, Wait a second here. Isn't Call of Duty Cold War launch title? That's November thirteenth. Oh, very okay. Very shortly launch, after right? launch. Yeah, might as well be a launch title, really. Especially for those people who are having their uh, shipments delayed. Mm-hmm. And yet, no word on Gran Turismo Seven, the one game I mean, that's going to play that though. Oh man, that's they announced the thing. it though. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing I bought the console for. Like, if they say, like, the two games that I need on PlayStation, Overwatch Two, which is not happening, not now, and Gran Turismo Seven. If they say Gran Turismo Seven is not coming until well into 2021, chances are I'm just going to cancel my pre-order because I have no reason to get the console. Wait, do you think it's going to be in the first year? I would, I would hope 2020. Like, even if they say late December. Damn, that I, makes I, your pre-order worth it then. Yeah, I would keep my pre-order for that. I wouldn't hold my breath for for a launch that soon, right? Like, wouldn't they have already said something? Just like in the case of most games, you know. But but the the weird part is they haven't said anything about Gran Turismo. All all they've said that it's there, it is happening, and they showed it. They haven't said anything about release window. They showed just, it back in like July or June. Yeah, and and they've had they they only did one Gran Turismo game on the last generation. It wasn't even a full-fledged game. Like it, it's a truncated Gran Turismo game. They've had the entire time since that game's come out, which I think was late 2017, might have, might have been 2018. But it's just like, come on, people, just make a Gran Turismo game part of the launch title. Like, like done. Like I'll keep my pre-order. I can't believe there's no Forza actually. Now that you mention it, like that's surprising. Why? Mm-hmm. Like why the hell isn't there a Forza? Uh, the Forza, do they, I don't know what the, the staggered Forza releases are. Do they go back and forth between more, uh, yeah. Motorsport, yeah, Motorsport and, uh, and, and Horizon. Horizon? Well, that, see, that's the weird thing is I, I, I have the, like the day one cover. Like there was a special like day one edition of all the launch or a bunch of the launch games mm-hmm. for Xbox one. And I have that like for, so for sure that was a launch title, um, uh, Motorsport four, four, I think, I yeah. think it was four, one of them. But like, still, I'm just surprised Four. that they did, they couldn't get that one together. I'm literally buying like I was I was telling Ryan this earlier is like I'm buying like I I literally need a new PlayStation like my PlayStation's in like in trouble <laughs> like it's it's not doing well like it is like, so so damn slow that like uh, you can press the party screen and like go get a drink and come back. Now whether I could wipe it or whatever I don't know I'm not gonna mess around with it but like it like I need I need a hardware refresh for that thing. But my Xbox One is running smoother than ever. Like, like whatever Microsoft, whatever magic they do to it, I have a launch day Xbox One, and like, 
it runs just like it just like I just bought it or even better. Um, so I'm basically just like grabbing these consoles and then just like installing what I had on there and then doing like my, my 76 dailies. I, I, I noticed that the Xbox 360 ran better as the years went on. Like the, the OS has made it run better. That's good. That's exactly what they, yeah. what they should do. Yeah. And then the PS3 just sucked from day one. I think overall this, uh, this launch lineup isn't, isn't fantastic. You know, thinking back though, <clears throat> 360 especially like 360. I got a 360 not at launch, but but like the launch window because I got it. I got it for Christmas at the time. Like I was still in public school, and uh, I got a 360 uh, that Christmas. And like realistically, there were like I don't know. I think I got like three or four games, and we played the crap out of them, of course, because it was like, whoa, look at these graphics. But they weren't like you know the quint like the the main games that I that I went nuts for you know mm-hmm. back in that era and even then you know I know that Battlefront 2 does work on a 360 but um I was playing Battlefront 2 meaning the old Battlefront 2 on my original Xbox at the time but so basically what I'm saying is is like the launch the launch window of these consoles is always not the greatest but the greatest part about this generation is that the games are backwards compatible. So I remember when I had the PS4 and the Xbox One, I ha- I was consistently using the 360 still for almost a year, or if not a year. I was using the PS3 for around a year as well, although maybe a little bit less for that one. But I was still consistently using them. Now, like quite literally, when these new consoles come in, I'm decommissioning my PS3, my Xbox 360, which are both still... They're not plugged in, but they're just like all the wires and stuff are still cable managed back there. I'm literally decommissioning all of that. All of that's going going away, and I'm just going to have two consoles, and that's it. And it's going to clean everything up, and I'm still going to be able to play all this stuff. Like, that's the greatest part of this gen, is that I can just go in and, like, download what I want, basically, and then I just, just play it, and it's and it's over. I don't have to be like, man, like, I got to go, like, am I, are, you, are you guys talking on the Xbox One? Do I got to go back one? Like, what do I do? <laughs> Which Call of Duty am I booting up? Like, Christ. Yeah. You're talking it, about decommissioning your Xbox One and PS4, right? And as, and as, PS3 and, is, and 360. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I still have my PS3 and my 360 hooked up at my parents' house. And if I move those here, I may just move them into my bedroom and just have them like plugged in there for Netflix and YouTube. <laughs> I, I need something in there. All right, let's talk about the PS5 Spider-Man remastered upgrade. Uh, or not, it's not even an upgrade. It's just a version. Um, this comes from GameSpot. So, obviously, Miles Morales is coming out. There's a Miles Morales Ultimate Edition you can buy that comes with the original Marvel Spider-Man, but a remastered version for PS5. Uh, you will not be able to access this remastered version as a standalone physical or digital. You have to buy it with Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. Um, and another weird thing is that your save does not transfer over from PS4 to PS5. Uh, I, I find this kind of odd. I don't know how you guys feel about this. That save it's data stuff's weird. Treating it like a different title for the save data, which is pretty weird. But, um, I mean, it's it's different, right? Normally when, when game companies like have a new, a new console come out, they they opt to make like a like definitive edition or whatever yeah. of like a game that they've made in the past with like updated visuals and stuff like that was a huge thing with like the 360 to the Xbox One and like the PS3 to 4 like 
every other AAA title was coming out on the new console, even if it was like years old at that point, it was still coming out with a definitive edition upgrade and shit like that. So it's interesting to see them kind of do the exact opposite, where they're like, yeah, you can buy the, the, the better version of this game if you want on the new console. comes with this old thing that's like the old one, but better. If you don't want it, that's cool, but you can't get it anywhere else. Yeah. It's weird. You know you know what's strange, too, and like this might be an unpopular opinion, but um, like it makes sense for them to upgrade it, especially for people that are buying a PS5, haven't played Spider-Man. They're going to get the best Spider-Man experience. They're going to get the best Miles Morales experience with the latest tech. Absolutely. It makes total sense. But people are like absolute like I have a couple friends that are like absolutely freaking out about the fact that it's being remastered and that the Miles Morales game is coming out. And like I really like all the Spider I really like Spider-Man. I'm going to get Miles Morales day one. No problem there. That's all great. But the first Spider-Man, the one on PS4, like that game was super fun. I played the crap out of it. I pl- did did the photo mode, the whole bit. Did the whole nine yards. Got the platinum, I believe. Like you know whatever. But that game like didn't like push tech forward, and I don't know why people are freaking out as much about it. Like it's really fun. Remember the puddles? I don't remember that. But <laughs> people like want the puddles oh, man, back. The they want the puddles, puddles. back. But do you, I don't I don't know. Like I get the impression that it, it's weird. Well, I think it's also weird because, like, Spider-Man was the thing they were showing off behind closed doors for the tech for the PS5. They were showing off the load speeds. The and load stuff. time, yeah. Um, so, I just, I don't know. I don't know, like, who made this decision? Was it was there a technical thing that stopped them from doing the saves? Why can't you buy this as a standalone? And they said there's no plans to make it standalone. I think it's just because you're just supposed to play... Like, if you just want to play Spider-Man, then you just go play Spider-Man. Are they trying to put the focus on Miles Morales? Probably. Trying to make you just want to play Miles Morales? Well, think, think about this, right? You buy a PS5, and, you, and, and you're playing something else, like playing one of the other launch games. You get to a point where you beat that, you're a month or two in, whatever, and then you're like, I want to get something else, I like Spider-Man. Well, you could go for what will more than likely be the cheaper option, which is the original Spider-Man game uh, for uh, PS4. Or, alternatively... You can buy Miles Morales, and it, it it just comes bundled, right, for free. Yeah. So it uh, just come. Well, what does? Well, yeah. Sorry. So maybe I maybe I just heard you earlier. Does does this remastered Spider-Man come for free with Miles Morales? No, you have to buy the Ultimate Edition, which is like ten bucks more or something like that. Oh right. Okay. So so like, but like the argument still holds. So it's like, if you're a person that's like, I want to play Spider-Man. Well, are you going to buy what is more than likely, like I said, going to be the cheaper PS4 Spider-Man game, or are you going to be like, well, I might as well buy this new PS5 Spider-Man game and just get everything. Like, I might as well just get the Ultimate Edition and get it all. Yeah, if you haven't played the first Spider-Man, it makes total sense, but I'm not going to go play that game again. Yeah, people, people, like, I know a couple people that were saying, like, man, I can't wait to play Spider-Man again on my, on my, like, whatever, and I was like, oh, Miles Morales? They're like, no, the original. I was like, why? Like, it's super fun. You know, don't get me wrong, and and as a kid, I would have went even more nuts for it, and I really enjoyed it, and I, I, I don't really play like single player games like a hell of a lot, and I like rip through that game like absolutely. It's a good game. Well, I didn't rip through it. It was like three months, but still, like it. The point of the matter is like it is a very good game, yeah. but it's not like a revolutionary like masterpiece of. Well, of you know what I mean? It's, it's good for a superhero game, which which have been mm-hmm. and is it, kind of been lacking. Is it Marvel's version of just Arkham? Like, does it does it it's, scratch yeah, that like, that long needed? Batman, that's a good Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah. Itch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear here, in case anyone was wondering, the PS4 version of Spider-Man is 
playable on PS5 through its backwards compatibility. You just won't have all the upgrades and stuff. Um, see, for me, I don't know. Did we ever get play, uh, Spider-Man free as PS Plus at some point? No, I don't think so. Okay. See, for me, like I haven't played this the Spider-Man the first one. So mm-hmm. when I, if I do decide to play it, it will be through the upgraded miles morales version assuming it is still available at that point i don't know if they're going to do like some nintendo like thing where they pull it after a certain point or available I don't for know 30 days f- Adrian. yeah i don't know how <laughs> that's gonna work, but like i'll be one of the use cases to do that uh down the line i was gonna say though like i don't imagine the market's very big for people that will buy miles morales but haven't played the first spider-man game like i feel like that's a small like clearly it exists because Adriano is part of that market, but I imagine that market's very small. Yeah, agreed. I have a, I actually have a, a, a question, and like I don't think we could answer this, but it would be like a, an industry question almost. I wonder how many people are going to buy the Ultimate Edition who have already played the original Spider-Man game, but that want the upgraded visuals for photo mode, because photo mode was big in that game. That sounds was like something big, yeah. you would do. Oh, I'm buying the Ultimate Edition more than likely, yeah. I mean, I might just buy it just to look at it and then never play it again. Um, I mean, it's one of those games where, like, I mean, I'm a big, like, replayer of games. If I really like a game, I will likely play it multiple times over the years. Like, many, many, many times. I'm, I'm really... I will do that over buying new games necessarily that I don't know if I'll like or not. I'll just go like, oh, why wouldn't I just play this again? Because I know that I like this and it's fun. I could see playing uh, through Spider-Man again because it's just that fun a game. I would do it. Um, But I don't know that necessarily I would buy, you know, the better, the the upper version of Miles Morales just because of that, you know, like I would, I would buy the, the better version of, or the more definitive edition of, of Miles Morales to get, you know, whatever extra content might be worth it in that game. I want that game to stand alone. I don't want it to have to ride on the coattails of the original Marvel's Spider-Man um, to be worth paying that much for, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it is cheaper, though, right? The Miles Morales is like a, a standalone bit. expansion, so it's like, isn't it like 49 or something like that, Canadian? Or am I, am I off American. Base? American it is. Canadian's like 65 or 70, I think. I think that's right, something like that. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna look up the Best Buy right now. Yeah. Best Buy Canada Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, that's PS4. Two billion dollars. Oh, the, so One the ultimate, trillion. the ultimate, the Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Launch Edition is eighty nine ninety nine for Best Buy Canada. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales Launch Edition without the ultimate part sixty four ninety nine Canadian. So it's in wait sales twenty five dollars. It's a twenty five dollar difference. That's quite a bit. That, that is a lot. That that changes but things. Slightly. I wonder. I wonder what else you get with this. Like, um, this is the retail copy. So I'm not sure Ooh. what else. Okay, yeah. So uh, here we go. So the ultimate launch edition includes Spider Man Miles Morales base game, Spider Man uh, Marvel Spider Man remaster game, including all three uh, DLC chapters in the Marvel Spider Man: The City Never Sleeps. Blah blah blah. blah. Remastered and enhanced for PS5. A digital. Here we go. A digital bonus. A track, which is an acronym suit. Designed by Javier Goron, I probably butchered that. Uh, one of the talented Marvel artists, blah, 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 blah. You get a second Spidey suit digital bonus. You get uh, another digital bonus, Gravity Well gadget, and extra skill points as well. I only want the Spider-Man remaster with the, with the DLC. Yeah, that's the only thing I'd give a I shit mean, about. I mean, 
twenty five bucks for all that is a good deal. Eighty nine ninety nine is a really good deal for all that. That's three DLCs and two games, and I'll one of those a PS five game. I'll just wait till Boxing Day when that goes on sale itself and just have that. <laughs> all right, let's hop into our final story for the week. Um, the streaming wars have gotten a little more interesting as Amazon joins the fight. Uh, this comes to us from Amazon, or not Amazon, IGN. Amazon <laughs> is launching a cloud gaming service called Luna that will stream games to PC, Mac, and Fire TV devices. Already well a better as, name than Stadia. As well as web apps for iPhone and iPad. Android is listed as coming soon. Uh, the service, a direct competitor to Google Stadia, will offer various game channels that users can subscribe to each, uh, which offer access to a library of games. Amazon announced the service alongside a whole line of new Echo and Alexa products. So I think we can all thank Skyrim on uh, Amazon Alexa for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amazon's own, the Luna, Plus, the Luna Plus game channel, will launch with games such as Resident Evil 7, Control, A Plague Tale Innocence, and uh, Ukulele uh, and the Impossible Lair uh, for an introductory price of $5.99 per month. Now, Luna Plus U- will offer US? 4K... Probably. We'll offer yeah. 4K resolution at 60 frames per second for select titles. So this is different from Stadia in the sense that Stadia, you still need to buy the games. You're simply paying for access to the streaming service, correct? I think there was both. They have a, they have a, like a, some sort of extra subscription that gives you access to certain things, but I think yeah. for the most part, you still need to buy it's basically it's basically a Steam, except you don't download it; you you stream it for yeah, the most this, part. Here they're giving you a selection of games, and then I think you can add on these channels. One of them being Ubisoft. I'm honestly surprised that Amazon hasn't gotten into this sooner, because they've had their hands in the in the industry for a little while with like pre-orders and stuff. Yeah, for games for a number of years now. Where you can just pre-order stuff right from Amazon, and like it was not uncommon for people to be getting these new games like a couple of days before launch, um, being able to play them because Amazon shipped it earlier or whatever. But right. um, they've been Amazon has been selling games for a really long time. One of the first purchases I ever made online was buying a video game through Amazon, and it was buying uh, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time for Nintendo DS. <laughs> which would have been what 2007 maybe um so that was amazon's infancy and it was still buying a, a video game from then so it's uh 2005 so i'm it's it's they've been a major major distributor of of new games at launch for a long time, right? They've probably made a ton of money off of selling games. Yeah. I'm surprised it was only until this year that they're introducing a platform of their own. They have well, they, uh, Don't they have an MMO coming out? Oh, I remember Yeah. That. And and they they did introduce a a technically a like a platform for distribution a couple of years ago with their when they bought twitch there the that there's a desktop twitch app in which they start which you need to run any twitch prime games given to you for free so they are they were already kind of distributing games to people um and then they've simp they also then just came out with the amazon prime game launcher on pc which is if they're going to introduce what's it called luna 
Luna, yep. Moon Luna. I don't know why they just wouldn't call that launcher Luna and then just unify it. Like, <clears throat> they might. Why have, have, why, why have an Amazon Games launcher and then a Luna streaming service? I'm what? almost wondering if Amazon's going to have a Prime Gaming brand and then Luna is just part of it. Maybe. But it... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Because they I just guess. rebranded their Twitch Prime to Prime Gaming, which makes me think that they've got bigger plans for it. It's going to yeah. be part of an overarching kind of... It's going to be an umbrella term for their multiple different... Like, they'll have their streaming um, platform here called Luna, and then they may have, you know, other projects down the line. If maybe they'll have more, like, fire streaming boxes or something like that, and it'll all be under the gaming umbrella. So uh, what do we have so far? We have Xbox... xCloud. We have Stadia. We have Luna. PS Now. PS Now, we have NVIDIA. Does NVIDIA have one? They have yep. one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, who else has, uh, has a foot Epic in the door? Store. They have a streaming? Oh, wait. That's, I guess, not streaming, is it? Those are the big ones, at least. Those are big ones, yeah. Let me ask you guys something here. So, we're talking about you know a launch of two consoles here, and like I think two of us have or three of us have pre-orders for both an Xbox and a PlayStation um, PS5 and the Xbox one or the Xbox series of whatever version we got God, uh, it's such a terrible name. I yeah. really don't like calling it just the Xbox series, but anyway with, okay. So what, what I'm trying to say is, is we have two platforms on the table here. When we're talking about streaming, we already have like a whole crap ton of platforms. You just listed out a bunch of them. You had a whole crap ton of platforms. So, what is your guys' take, policy, how will you handle all these platforms? Are you guys going to choose one, stick with it, or are you guys going to say, like, oh, you know, I'll I'll boot up the subscription on the Prime Gaming or Luna in this case. I'll, I'll boot up my subscription on Luna. I'll play X game, whatever it is. I beat it. I'll cancel my subscription. I'll go get a Game Pass sub. I'll beat a couple games on there. You know, like, how are you guys going to handle this? Uh... I'll I'll go super briefly on this. With me, it's uh, I don't like the idea of having too many subscriptions of one industry or one media format. Like I I only have a Spotify, uh, I only have a Spotify premium account because it's part of a family plan with somebody else. Like if it was if it wasn't even for that, I wouldn't have that. But when it comes to 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 gaming, I definitely don't want a second subscription. So right now I'm in on Xbox Game Pass. If I, uh, Xbox Game Pass PC. If I went to another one, I would absolutely cancel this one. I definitely don't want to, like I I have games that I own that I don't even play. I definitely don't want to be paying for a second service that I don't use. (laughs) Uh, For me, when it comes to console choice, my rule is still pretty much going to be the same uh, as, as it was for the last couple years is... I will stick with the PC. I, I'm likely not even going to keep my Xbox. I'm probably going to cancel my Xbox Series S uh, pre-order. But when it comes to, I'm going to when it comes to picking a platform to play, I'm literally going to pick the PC unless a the existing save file can't move from PlayStation. Like Overwatch is going to be a prime example. B there's uh there's an exclusive like Gran Turismo or C I want to play with somebody on that console. Other than that, I think I'm still going to try to uh unify everything onto one 
machine, which is my PC. Well, one thing, one thing to mention is, I know this is a slight tangent, but one thing to mention is you got the Xbox Series S, and you were talking about you wanted to route your PC to your to your uh, uh, VHDMI to your TV. Yep. I would honestly, my just this is just me. I would just say the hell with that. Upgrade my sub to a, an ultimate, and just use the S because it was the cheaper console, and have that as my living room thing. Uh, possible. Um, I do know there are some games on the Xbox. Like, like, like I, like I still won't get everything on the Xbox console. Like, there are still some games on game pass pc which don't go over to the console side so right but you're also getting uh ea play now too right or something like that ea access which yeah. was renamed ea play and blah, yeah blah, blah. i but that but my cost per month will go up about five bucks i i i believe um so that's something i still want to avoid and that's also just like me having another console like that's another box that i i don't want if i can avoid it like if if fucking if playstation announced tomorrow that they're going to not even day one. If they said, hey, every single PlayStation exclusive will come to the PC, like, I would likely get rid of the PlayStation pre-order. Like, if, if they said everything is going to be a two-year delay, but everything will come to PC, done. I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of that. It's the, still interesting to me that you're, you're, you're worried about the $5 extra a month, but, like, PC upgrades are freaking expensive. Yeah, but they're but they're few and far between, and, and I'm going to like I've been running off these ones for a couple of years now, and I expect to be running off these ones for at least another three years, maybe four. You can still play Cyberpunk. Yeah, like 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 I still I'm still good on Cyberpunk. I'm still good on a lot of the PC specs. Like even even as I in the next two to three years, as as you know they start as I start to creep in just to the minimum, like I'll still be able to run stuff. I I will I ran I think Gears Four well below the minimum ran perfectly fine so for me it's not about kind of and and it's not about me like constantly pumping money into it i will one day just say okay i'm done with this pc and i'm going to come to you and ryan and we're going to collectively build me a new one but uh it it for me i just like consolidation i don't like having multiple of an item if i don't need it I have two fucking iPhones. I cannot tell you how much I hate carrying around two iPhones. <laughs> and I'm and I'm actively trying to get rid of one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyone um, else on the streaming service? Well, if I could stream, I'm not really sure what I would do. Um, I have a ton of subscriptions right now. And and I'm not I don't want to manage it like you you were saying how like you could actually save like a lot of money um, by like removing your sub when you're not using it and then resubscribing. I don't I don't want to deal with that. I just want something ready when I want it. And so I'm I'm subscribed to stuff that I haven't used in a, in a long time. Um, I see. So. I won't do that. Like I'll like that to me is a waste. Unless it's your baseline. Like personally, I have a baseline of most things. So like I just. Like for example, like uh, like Xbox Live, like Xbox Live Gold, uh, I it's now my Game Pass Ultimate sub, but that's like a de facto purchase for me. If I don't jump on Xbox for a month, that's technically wasted money, but those that's like a default thing. Um, Netflix is like my default video streaming. Those type those type of things, but if there's a mm -hmm. sub where I'm not using it, like I'm getting rid of that damn thing. Like I don't I don't want that. I just don't want to be like, oh, I want to watch this, and then when I go to click on it, 
it's like, oh, I have to go resub sub, even if it takes like five minutes to do. I just don't want that hassle. I want it ready to go. The thing, the thing with it is, is you, it, it, it's a matter of time as well. So if it just like straight up, straight up, literally hours upon hours. So if you went to go, let's say you were like, I'm gonna go watch Battlestar Galactica. I'm gonna go watch the 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 series that happened before the mini series, whatever we call it, and then the I'm gonna watch the full series, like on Prime uh, Video. Realistically speaking, you're not gonna have time just because literally it's you're just watching TV, right? So yeah. you're not gonna have time to watch Netflix. So if you want to binge Battlestar, it might be best to remove, shut off your Netflix, go watch Battlestar, finish Battlestar, go back to Netflix. Like I don't think there's any shame in that. Like, well, there isn't any shame in that. I should say. I'm not. I, that's not, and that's not the point I'm trying to make. I just, I'm just treating it like a cable package. You know. I don't. I don't. I don't specifically pay the cable package for history, but when I want to go watch the History Channel, it's there and ready to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just bundle all my my subscriptions into one service and just call it Ryan's Entertainment. How long does a service have to go streaming or whatever before before you you do can it? That's a good question. Like have because, you hit that yet? Well, there's usually something I want to watch like I probably least use Amazon Prime Video. Um but there there's always something that creeps up on there that I want to watch. Although that is with your Prime subscription. Which I don't really need. I don't order too much off Amazon. Oh, geez. Okay. Not like I'm not like every week I got something coming in from Amazon. I'm at a point where it might it might might be three times a week <laughs> on a slower even, week. It's not even every month for me. Um, so that I could probably see myself getting rid of. As of right now, I'm only watching two shows on it. So I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think I would pay for Prime Video. But I just if have, you have it. The option. But I well, I have it because because yeah. of Prime. Like I'm literally, I I literally should not get rid of Prime because yeah. I I would be paying hundreds of dollars for shipping, and I'm paying like a hundred maybe something like that a year. I, I would say Crave is my biggest um, video subscription right now. Really? Yeah, because oh, wow. it has the HBO stuff. So I've been using a lot of that. Hmm. What about you, Tim? Like, are you just going to go full PC, like, local stuff? Or are you going to actually do, like, xCloud? Or, like, what are you going to do? Oh, it's hard to say. I I feel like I'm going to wait until, like, there's something that I just really want to play. Mm-hmm. And then in whatever... If there's if there's a, 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 a method in which I can access it without having to buy anything, like, any new hardware, then that's what I'm going to do. Because I really want to wait as long as possible before buying a new console i think i would sooner buy a new parts for my computer than i would buy a new console i like how i like how the 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 tables have turned where like i'm usually the tech enthusiast but i just i can't i just like went to a like a gaming pc or like a gaming laptop and then like you and adriano have like went fully fully opposite like you would figure like if you're not in not like super into like the technical <laughs> side of tech i guess that you would be like i'm just going to go console but now everyone seems like it seems like everyone kind of is like not everyone but like a good portion of the market i mean is like kind of going toward pc gaming and then i'm just like leaving like i'm like yeah like i have a good laptop but like i'm not 
not fucking with these new parts. Like, I don't care. We flipped. It's the situation has flipped. Like, I it, used to be the one. I'll just buy a console. And you were like, nah, man, you got to buy a PC. And then I bought a gaming laptop. And you were like, why would you buy a gaming laptop? You should buy a desktop. And now I've got the desktop. And you got the laptop. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it, completely uh, flipped on its head. It, it's it's also indicative of just, like, uh, the the consoles in the market kind of just converging. Like, like you are going like, to say Matt Psychosis. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, like, like the the lines of console generations are kind of blurred. Like, there's nothing. There's not really a division in in, in the generation anymore. Uh, these boxes are resembling PCs more and more. So, mm-hmm. it's not even. It's a PC for your living how, room. How crazy is it that when the Xbox and PS5 are launching, so too is a new graphics card. It's crazy. Like, it's just like everything's upgrading this year. It's um, it's synced. Yeah, and I, I I know there's people out there who are upgrading everything. Hell, oh, I might I might buy myself a 3080. Oh my god! Oh you should you should have been in line for that week or god. whatever those guys were in in line for. Well, here's the problem. I do want the Founder's Edition, um, which is seems to be more rare. I think. I was gonna oh, say, isn't geez. it too late to get that now? I don't know. I, mean, I, thought, I, I, I thought it was but... I thought it was too late to get it too, but I don't I didn't look into it much. If, if not, I have found an alternative third party one that I liked so. What uh, what card do you have in there now? Uh, twenty eighty. Huh. Not a, not a super like the original twenty eighty. Ah. Your old card's better than my current new card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a I'm on a freaking computer. Like year old. <laughs> I'm on a computer that's so old that I I upgraded it with a sixty nine dollar card and got games free with the card that cost more than the card. If I were to oh, buy geez. the games, oh my God. I uh, I'm on a ten seventy Ti. Yeah, we can't top Adriano. He's got the best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do have a 2070 on my laptop, if that helps you. And then everyone's booing in the background. Boo! Laptop! Your laptop card is, like, roughly the same performance as my desktop card. <laughs> yeah, that's why I bought it. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do this. All right. That's all the news we got for you this week. That's it? That's it. That's all she all right. wrote. An expensive oh. year. Very expensive year. You're trying to get an Apple Watch and a new iPhone when those get announced. This is this is what happened to me is I was looking at getting a new a new watch and I'm, I'm going to get a Galaxy Watch because I'm all in on Samsung now and I'm going to buy a new TV at at some point whatever a Samsung TV a Samsung TV I know I'm getting the frame for sure and um I like I, whatever I'm like I'm like planning on upgrading to 4K slowly like it's not like an emergency but I noticed. Like earlier in the year, I was like, "Oh man, like consoles coming out. That like that's fine, that's fine. I'll just buy a watch." And then I noticed the price of like the new Galaxy Watch is like six hundred dollars. And then I was like, "Oh man, like, like the if the new Note twenty is like really good, like maybe I'll do like I'll trade in obviously and like you know get a fair discount." And there were good deals, and the Note twenty is good. But I was just like, "Man, like this year's starting to add up. Like I'm out. Like I just I just backed out of me. I was like, the hell with this because I was gonna buy a TV like two weeks ago, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get these consoles installed." And then I'll look at a at a TV. I'm not gonna go and be like, well, let, let's just buy nine grand worth of stuff. Let's just let's just do it. Like, no, it's, it's too much. Pull the trigger. Why not? I I will use my TV until it dies. Yep. Yeah. No forced obsolescence obsolescence for this guy. Well, I am uh, <laughs> fighting tooth and nail. I am yeah. like like really neurotic about. Uh, home like smart home tech and i was like immediately amazed well i'm amazed at the fact that the tv doesn't turn off like or it has an option to but like it just like what like does like a smart screen or it shows like a picture because it's called the frame 
Um, but I was amazed that you can tap your Samsung phone to the bezel and have it like show something on the screen. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm buying this. <laughs> NFC. Well, like, what's your use case for that? Like, you're not are you like are you just gonna sit there in your basement with your phone and your TV and just tap pictures randomly to your to your to probably your TV? knowing me, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, like, probably. like you're like you don't you don't host down there. The two people that came down on a weekly basis, Ryan and I, are not there anymore because of COVID, and like. Probably, I'm just, yeah. I, I'm just curious, who are you showcasing that feature to? Me, it's just me. It's it, going to become the new normal, Adriana. You got to embrace the future tech. You got to you got to remember here. You're talking to the guy who put um, smart smart bulbs. I put smart bulbs like in my in my bedroom, and uh, their their default their default position is on. So whenever there's a power outage, they just turn on full blast and wake me up. And like one night, I got woken up two or three times because it just kept because there was a couple of power outages during a bad storm. And so I did this. I did this, but 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 now I have voice control. And sometimes I have to do troubleshooting before bed because there's been the occasional moment where they haven't turned off. And oh like God, one, Ryan, one end like half this, Ryan, end this, end this, Ryan, Ryan. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta go. Start playing the outro music. It's already start playing the outro. Holy fuck! All right, come a tangent. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us, Tim. You can uh, catch Tim on the Twitch at twitch.tv slash the figures. Um, if you also you want can to catch Ryan a, and Matt normally a worse at quality twitch.tv Twitch slash. No, come on now. <laughs> it's at least like lateral because I'm on you there sometimes. You got the video going of yourself, though. Oh, <laughs> you don't have to have face cam. Yes, you do. All the all the all the big guys on Twitch, they got them. Not necessarily true. No, I was watching a big guy on YouTube the other day, and he's he's never done face cam. Did I say YouTube? Yeah. Twitch.tv slash day one patch media. <laughs> Click that follow button. <laughs> Ring that bell. Notifications on, baby. They All work right. half the time, but it's better than not. Or... All right. We'll see you guys. Peace.